I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And today we're going to be looking at a review of attachment theory. Obviously, in order to help you understand breakups and what caused your breakup, it's really helpful to understand love and attachment. And so we're going to talk about what attachment theory is because we know we constantly have new people to the channel right. and you guys don't really understand this stuff yet. So Margaret has some stuff she wants to share today that hopefully you'll find helpful to understand yourself better and your ex. Okay. Also, I just want to let you know, you know, that the theory is out there and where it came from and that we didn't dream all this up by eating funny mushrooms. Okay? Um, so, the originators of attachment theory as we know it now is our friend John Bowlby and his friend Mary Ainsworth. Okay? And what they did was something called the strange situation, and I'm going to describe that. The strange situation. The strange situation. It's a series of 20-minute miniature dramas used to demonstrate the differences in mother-infant interactions and the relationships to infant attachment. Okay. In the procedure, mother and infant infant between the ages of 12 and 18 months, are introduced to a laboratory playroom. Later, an unfamiliar woman, the stranger, arrives. While the stranger plays with the baby, the mother leaves the room briefly and then returns. A second separation follows, during which the baby is completely alone. Finally, the stranger and the mother return to the room. So you know that this is not just outright abusive. Um, the baby was alone for no more than two minutes. And, and I believe there's some videos on YouTube about this stuff, too. I'm sure yeah, there are. I was just thinking that. I'm sure there are, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, however, it has revolutionized our understanding of attachment. Absolutely. Okay. Most infants explored the playroom and the toys more vigorously and happily in the presence of the mother than they did after the stranger entered the room. But what was surprising was that they exhibited different patterns when reuniting with their mothers, and that those patterns correlated highly with how these kids were attaching. Okay? Okay so far? Yeah, hopefully this is helpful to you All guys right. to, to think about. From the strange procedure, Ainsworth was able to identify the following three types of attachment. Secure, anxious, and avoidant. Later, a fourth category was added called disorganized attachment, which is really a mix of anxious and avoidant. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Each attachment style represents the infant's adaptation to specific caregiver styles. They are associated with the quality of maternal caregiving earlier in the first three months of life. So at about one year in doing this exercise, you could see how the infant's view of the world and view of relationships was already shaping up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I was thinking. I thought in two minutes of this experiment, you could see how the children react. Imagine over a lifetime. Yeah. Exactly. Secure attachment in the strange situation when the mother is present, a securely attached infant is more curious. They use the mother as a secure base, and that's a term to remember. They use the mother as a secure base from which to explore more things in the room. They are distressed when the mother leaves. Upon the mother returning, a securely attached child goes right to her, uh, wants to be near her, wants her to interact with her, and wants to have contact with her. Mothers of securely attached babies are more available responsive and sensitive to their children's feelings during the first three months of life. And you'll note that they're saying that all the basic stuff happens in the first three months. Mm. All right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what the response to that is. Wow. Isn't it incredible when you think about it that the first three months of your life or first year of your life is going to really impact how you bond with everybody for the rest of your life? life. Wow. Like... Being a mother, wow. being a mother is not an easy job. No, um, and I think the more we know, the harder it gets. Honestly, if they allowed uh, parents to stay home with their newborns for the first three months, mm-hmm. think of the mental health that yeah. the world would have within Absolutely within true. a few decades. Yeah. Absolutely true, and for a year or even I think two years would be the ideal. Mm-hmm. We could empty the prisons. Yeah. Yep. We could do away with half of the social problems that we have. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are trying to say that. Okay? No. The anxiously attached babies showed angry, resistant behavior interspersed with attachment behavior in the strange experiment. When mom came back in the room, they cried and wanted contact with the returning mother. They showed a combination of contact-seeking behavior and tantrums. Here's the other thing that's almost unbelievable. Um, In the first very few months of life, people are capable of anger. Mm. Okay, Babies are capable of being angry when they're not fed and cuddled regularly. And I think that's mind-boggling for Mm. many people. Yeah. So for the anxious child, um, they were clearly annoyed that mother was gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, And they had a tantrum. They did want contact with her, but they were not happy that this had happened to them. What's interesting is if you watch the YouTube videos of this experiment, uh-huh. you can literally see the child still crying and is unable to be soothed even after the mother comes. Mm-hmm. And it's really striking because I know we talk a lot about attachment theory and we use a lot of words to describe it and are very theoretical at times. But when you watch this video, you can see the children's visceral reactions. It really puts it to life. So I would Great encourage idea. you all to Great watch idea. it if you can. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Coach Victoria. Great idea. Avoidantly attached babies during the two reunion episodes avoided or ignored the mother. They reacted with detachment. Mothers Probably of, like how mom had reacted to them. Absolutely <laughs> right. What else would they possibly know 
okay? They reacted with detachment. Mothers of avoidant babies are often insensitive to infant signals during the first three months of life. Wow. They generally dislike physical contact with the infant. Mm. According to Bowlby, an avoidant child has an internal model of a self which is not worthy of care. And even tiny children who are not cared for assume it's their fault, okay? And that they don't deserve to be cared for, otherwise mom would. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it? They have reason to expect rejection from their caregivers and therefore modify their behavior by avoiding, effect, by avoiding effectively reducing anticipated rejection following the separation. Okay? Wow. So these kids are in trouble very, very early on. Okay? Mm. Sad. Right. The last and latest developed is called disorganized attachment. When kids find themselves emotionally and physically dependent on someone who was also a source of fear, they become disorganizedly attached. That's not my word, disorganizedly. <laughs> they become disorganizedly attached. Now, this is the kid who is loved one minute and then hit the next, okay? So that they never know um, which they're going to get. Is mom going to be loving or is mom going to be annoyed and abusive? They just never know. Wow. And they live in a constant state of anxiety, all right? During the stranger situation, a disorganized child displays a variety of odd, unusual, contradictory, or conflicted behavior when the parent is there. They may show contradicting behavior patterns, such as intense attachment behavior, followed by suddenly freezing and looking kind of dazed. Wow. Okay. Um, they may avoid the caretaker, but then become distressed or angry when the caretaker leaves. Okay? So. Yeah. I, Crazy, it, right? It is. It, You're it, here it, and it I don't is. want you, but then you leave and I, wait, come back. Yeah, where have you been? <laughs> and the dazed is striking to me. Yes, to me too. That's a sign of detachment. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's dissociation to some I, degree. I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in other words, the baby's overwhelmed by the situation, and being kind of dazed kind of helps. It numbs them out a little. It makes mm. them a little less intensely involved in what's going on. Wow. All right. Critical to Bowlby's understanding of normal attachment behavior and the effects of overwhelming separation were based on the behaviors of preschool children removed from maternal care. These were children staying for a time in hospital wards or residential nurseries. They were youngsters who had been removed from the people and environment most familiar to them and cared for by strangers for a couple of weeks or longer. Now, obviously, he worked in a place where they took um, children who were removed by whatever the social services was called at that time, okay? And they were promptly put into a foster care situation. Apparently, he worked there for quite some time and was very moved by what he, th what he saw. Mm -hmm. All right. Bowlby divided the patterns of behavior that these preschoolers displayed into three phases. Protest, despair, and detachment. Protest, the kid would scream, yell, throw themselves on the floor, make, do everything you can imagine 
to protest the fact that they had been separated from what was mother and what was familiar, okay? And this, all of this could go on for quite some time. Kids don't give up easily. Protest referred to acute distress associated with unbearable loss. In young children, this meant crying, shaking, screaming, throwing themselves around, and searching for any signs that the parent had returned. Mm. Okay? How sad. And that's often how people act in a breakup. That's Absolutely. what I was thinking. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get there. Yeah. After a time, between a few hours and several days, the child's behavior began to show evidence of increasing hopelessness, mm. referred to as despair. This phase included a tendency to withdraw, to become inactive, and to make few demands on others with more intermittent crying and usually a refusal to eat. Wait, is this not lining up with how we act in a breakup? Isn't it? It's amazing. Wait, really? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's the same uh, behaviors. Mm-hmm. I was thinking how many adults are still in despair. Many. Many. During the third phase, detachment, the child start, started to demonstrate more interest in his immediate environment. This included greater willingness to accept food, care, and toys, as well as a greater sociability and frequency of smiling. Bowlby noted that sometimes adults incorrectly came to believe that the child was now less distressed and showing signs of recovery. In fact, the child had not recovered. Mm. When the mother would visit, there would be a troublesome absence of normal attachment behavior. The child would seem distant, remote, and uninterested in her, detached from attachment-related feelings and behaviors. Okay, now first it looked like the kid was doing better. Um, But in reality, when mom came, kid had given up, Mm. didn't attach. Wow. The child would seem distant, remote, and uninterested. Um, Okay. In those children for whom the period of separation continued, detachment would become worse still, particularly if there was a succession of institutional caregivers. And people to this day forget how devastating it is for children. And I'll tell you a story in a minute. Um, Bowlby observed that the child would become interested in material things, such as candy and toys, and would stop showing feelings when parents would arrive and leave on visiting days. Okay? Over time, the child would become interpersonally aloof. That is, he would appear cheerful and adapted to his unusual situation, and apparently easy and unafraid of everyone. But this sociability is superficial. He appears to no longer really care for anyone. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when I worked, when I was first in this field, I did child welfare, and I removed children, and I saw this protest play out, and it is just heart-wrenching to watch that child. And I also remember when I was new to it, leaving a child that, if, you know, you'd take the child if it was your case, and you would go to the foster home to introduce the uh, the new foster mother and, and the home to the child and so forth and so on. And you'd stay and visit a while with the foster mother so that the child still had some, you know, familiar person at least there. And by the time you left, the child was looking like he was starting to try to play with the other kids in the home. 
okay? And at first you think, oh, look, he's doing better. And then you realize, no, he isn't, okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, he What, doesn't. a couple weeks later, a couple months later, when yeah. the behaviors start escalating? Yeah. Wow. So um, it's just devastating for children. And even recently, I have heard people say, well, it won't make any difference because the kid won't remember how many foster homes we put him mm -hmm. or her into. Oh, yes, it does, and oh, yes, they will. Okay? Their memory um, gets foggy as they get older. Yeah. But, you know, the, the trauma the, and the... The, the emotional system yeah. remembers without question. And one of the other ones to note, and it's protest, despair, and then detachment. Mm -hmm. um, but when the detached child came back to mother... Um, the child didn't want to greet her, hug her, interact with her, but he wanted to stay near her. Mm. And remember that concept because it comes up in a later issue that has to do with um, breakups. Okay. All right? And that's my review of the basics. Mm. All of this took place in around 1969 or 1970. In the big scheme of mental health, that's relatively new. Okay, so as a field, we're still digesting it. And to this very day, um, I hear people say things like they won't remember. Mm. How absolutely untrue that is. Okay? You know, Margaret, even when I first started as a therapist many sure. years ago, you did children. and I worked with kids and families a lot, you know, used to try and tell to me about like early childhood stuff, and I kept saying, I don't get Mar how could that be true? Mm -hmm. Remember that? I'd be like, yeah. How could something that happened that long ago really be impacting this kid? Well, it, it's amazing to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But the longer I do this, the more we've realized it's absolutely it's true. true. It's so true. Absolutely. And true. it has a massive impact on your ability to be in your romantic relationships. Right. Absolutely. You know? Some people have even said that the, the stages of, you know, protest, despair, and detachment um, show up again in every area of life. Mm. Okay? Um, we protest in a breakup, we despair in a breakup, and then we kind of detach and go on with our lives. The other thing was striking that you said about the avoidant attachment style, mm -hmm. where the child didn't attach to mother because he was avoiding that projected rejection. Yeah, he didn't want, yeah, he was, rejection. he was again, you know, protecting himself from being rejected by her. Mm -hmm. And that clearly had been his experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think about how many adults do that in their relationships. Absolutely where they either break up because it gets too close or they think they're going to get rejected. Yep. So they kind of stop that early. So they quit before they get fired and exactly. break up. Right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, this was earth shattering. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, in terms of our understanding of how people work, this was huge. Yeah, and I think it's only opened the door to really understanding mental health. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's all about attachment. Freud had a, a good sense, and Bowlby was a psychoanalyst. He was much influenced by Freud. And Freud did have some comprehension of attachment, but he thought it was all connected to food, mm -hmm. um, and that the baby would attach to the mother because the mother fed the baby. But later studies have shown that the baby does like food, of course, and, and does need it to live, 
but that babies respond more to people who spend time with them, talk to them, mirror their behavior, etc. So it's not just food, it's attention. And there's also an experiment online about this one too, on YouTube that you can find, where they put a monkey in a cage and I've they exposed this. it. Yeah, this is striking also. Go they ahead. exposed it to some type of scary element. I think it was like a scary clown or something like that. And there was a metal mother that fed oh, yes. the monkey. And then yes. there was a soft... A soft mother. Yeah, with mm -hmm. the fur. And when the baby monkey was exposed to the scary stimuli, the monkey didn't run to the food mother, it ran to the soft, comforting mother. That's right, exactly right. Now that was, I believe, Rene Spitz. Mm. And he also gets credit for being one of the, the groundbreaking attachment fellows. Mm -hmm. So there were some studies of attachment going on kind of around the world, but that one was very striking yeah. also. Um, and gave us a real sense of what babies see as comfort. Mm -hmm. And so many of you come to the channel and you're just like, what the heck are these people talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right? And we understand. Yeah. Yes, we do. But when you're really trying to understand a breakup or what happened in your situation, this is the kind of stuff that you have to really start exploring yeah. to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a third fella, Spitz, I forget. There was also... A French or Italian guy who had done some studies on attachment as well. So people mm -hmm. were beginning to look at it. Yeah. Um, but Bowlby got the bingo and the aha. Mm -hmm. um, and there was another guy, and I found out reading the book I'm going to talk to you about later, there was a guy named Conrad Lorenz. Mm -hmm. And Conrad, Conrad Lorenz was, I think, originally a biologist, but biologists are very interested in attachment also. Their major question being, if you think of thousands of penguins on an island, how does the baby penguin know which pair is its parents? They all look the same. <laughs> yep, they all look the same. So you wonder how in the name of God do they know? And he came up with a concept that has been called imprinting. Hmm. Um, and for birds, what that means is the first moving thing that they see after they hatch, they think is its mother. Like ducks, right? Yes, yeah. that's just what he did. Mm. Um, so Conrad Lorenz uh, made friends with some geese, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, however he did this, took off in a small plane and the geese flew right along with him. <laughs> so he apparently got a Nobel Prize for that mm. wow. because he had demonstrated some attachment. I didn't know that. I was very happy to mm. see it. So there were a bunch of people out there who were working on it. Like I say, Bowlby got the bingo. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting stuff. Okay. And hopefully you found this video helpful. We know it was probably a long one. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's good to really understand this stuff. So good for you for sticking around and trying to really educate yourself to really understand yourself mm -hmm. and your relationships better. Of course, if you want to get our help personally, you can go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you think I can be helpful or you're into baby ducks, please contact me. And Coach Victoria will continue to train with us. I'll be here. I'll be the little goose flying alongside. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And we will talk with you soon. To get my help personally, Go to AskCraig.net and click on Schedule Coaching and choose the option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype. To schedule a coaching with Margaret, click on Margaret on the top of the page and order a Skype with her.
For the Knowledge Creative Healing Course, click on the link at the top of the page and click Get Started Now.